Welcome to the Dirt Reporters Podcast for the week of November 30th. I'm D. Swab, Derek Kessinger, joined by the editorial staff of Kevin Kovac, Robert Holman, and Kyle McFadden. Guys, it's the final day of Turkey Month as we head towards 2023. But first, one of the most unique events in all of motorsports, the Gateway Dirt Nationals, this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, live on Flow Racing in St. Louis, Missouri inside the dome McFadden you've never been there before just watching on TV and you said off air before we uh, got this podcast started is you think it's one of the most exciting events we have all year what are you looking forward to this weekend in the loo yeah actually I actually think it is the most exciting and the most entertaining event on the dirt late model calendar all season long and so the fact uh you know I'll be watching it from afar because I'll be um at all tech this weekend in florida but but no i mean i'm just uh looking forward to i mean 144 cars on the pre-entry list i mean that is by far and wide has to be the record right for most entries and i think that just really speaks volumes to just um to just what this event is right i mean tyler carpenter as um i think the story of Tyler Carpenter and how he's used this event to really put himself on the map and dirt late model racing has really, um, you know, just all the hype around this event and just all the storylines. And uh, when you couple in, you know, Tyler Carpenter's just, uh, just how he's kind of leveraged this event um, and uh, just all the big personalities in our sport, like Bobby Pierce and, Devin Moran and Brandon Shepard and Hudson O'Neill and Tyler Herb also, you know, gunning for that, uh, that uh, $30,000 check come Saturday and just the hype and the pep surrounding the event inside racing at the dome, fifth, fifth mile racetrack, you know, you think can't really ask for uh, much better, you know, from a, a fan's perspective and from an outsider view and just the, overall experience and uh you know tensions are always high at the dome and anything can happen right it's uh as we've all discussed over the years and um as it's come to be you know this race kind of levels the playing field so to speak for you know a guy like tyler carpenter to um you know you don't need the big motors don't need the the most aero dependent uh packages on your race car right to to be in contention for that big check so no i mean i'll absolutely stand by my word i think it is the most exciting event in our sport and uh it's always a a um a great way to end the season because you know we're all kind of raced out and, and and tired so to speak but the dome it it it's always kind of reinvigorates everybody this time of year you know late in the season and so um from an outsider's view i'll definitely be having my eyes on it and for all you guys that'll be at the dome in st louis you know i'll be looking forward to your stories and your coverage because there's there's always stories that come out of the dome kovac it's like racing in the winter isn't it <laughs> that's that should have been the slogan you know right right there don o'neill's famous uh, comment to Trenton Barry up in the uh, suites last year. I think it was last year, right? Wasn't it last year, yes. right, Derek? Uh, he had a few colds. Uh, oh man, it's like racing it. I mean that, that that should be on all the commercials. It should be on the on on posters, right? And uh, that was uh, that was pretty good. I know. So we know that Don O'Neill loves the indoor race, it, and um, and that's what and, I was going to ask. Hudson will be there too. He'll be there. Don O'Neill loves it. You get all those crazy uh, moments throughout the entire broadcast through the, you know, the three days we're in St. Louis, but how do you rate it on your radar for a late model event? It's 30 grand to win. So, you know, not the highest paying anymore. Um, it's inside a dome in the winter time. It's on a fifth mile bowl ring. We were there the first year, the first night they had some logistics nightmares, probably Cody summer would would say, but they've improved it more and more. They've kind of got a little uh, more, uh, got it dialed in a little bit, I guess you should say, where they kind of split the fields now. They know uh, how much time it takes to get stuff ready. 
feel like it's getting better and better. It's rough and tumble. You have craziness throughout. Huge vibe in the dome. Uh, so where do you, where's it on your radar for an, a late model event? Well, this is totally a, a specialty event. Obviously, it's not a national tour event, and you're not going to get every big name driver. You're, they're sprinkled in. Some of the national names are sprinkled in, but this is really more of an event for the for the little guy to really, sh- you know, to to shine, to have their chance in the spotlight. I mean, like Tyler Carpenter. I mean, Carpenter does not have the equipment, the resources to go to Eldora, to go to uh, the North South 100 to go to the, uh, the USA nationals and stuff like that. So these bigger races that pay 50 grand or more to win and be really in the mix for a win to be, especially certainly not a, a favorite. I mean, he's going to the indoor race at the dome and he's a favorite to win. He's done it now twice. And, uh, it's, it's fits him where like, you gotta be aggressive. You can't really, uh, apologize really if you, you can't be worried about getting into people or uh, you, you have to take what you can get and he's and he's definitely will do that and uh, and he gets pumped up for this race and uh, so I, I see it as more of like this race that where it just gets the it lets people that normally wouldn't get to have this national exposure uh, let them shine uh, you know you, this, this is a race also that is just it's it, it pays you know thirty thousand wins a good race a good paid off payoff for you know definitely for Tyler Carpenter, uh, but it's also not a race where um, you, you know you you don't get a lot of uh, uh, you know like I said before you don't get a lot of the big names all the big names at it, um, but I think everybody thinks that they have a shot at at, a, at doing well there and but it still is one of the highest attended races of the year in the stands. I mean, there's not many, they're what Eldora and the world finals. They might be the only races that get more people in the stands watching a dirt late mile event than this does. And how many people are watching on flow? I mean, a lot because there's really nothing else going on. It's not like it's a weekly, uh, it's not like it's in the middle of the summer, even the dream in the world 100, there's a lot of other races going on those weekends. So this is a, it, it, it has all so much attention on it and it gets, it, it, everyone thinks it's their Super Bowl, their shot to really make some, make a name for themselves. And that's, that's kind of the, the allure of it, I guess, where, uh, you know, you're, you don't know who's going to pop out of there and, and, and do something that really gets your attention. Yeah. The, especially the prelim nights, like last year at Austin Simpson, you know, a guy that had been racing at Peoria crates all year, um, he gets in the top four, he gets his own little intro and music and stuff like that. Just guys like in that, you know, category, the mid tier to lower level guys can have a chance to, you know, make some noise. Cause it kind of is like an equalizer event where you're not on this big, huge racetrack. You don't have to have the big time motors and stuff like that. Robert, you guys competed in it the first year. I know like the format has changed a little bit, but how does it, feel for the competitor standpoint on it because you're on that side of the fence you know in 2016 uh you know i I can absolutely tell you that it you know kevin's right it is a race that you feel like if you've got decent equipment at all and it doesn't have to be the best it doesn't have to be the most expensive but if you just have decent equipment and can hold on to a steering wheel long enough you feel like that you have a chance. I mean, you, you really, really do. We, we showed up there in 2016 with a, with a 2006 Rayburn that we had put on uh four bar ourselves. So we show up with an older car. We show up with an older motor. That was a, a steel, a steel motor with aluminum heads, aluminum headed steel motor. Um, you know, probably made about 680 horsepower, you know, not, not a big 800, 900 horsepower motor. So didn't, it didn't even make 700. Um, so just a, a pretty simple motor, simple equipment. We showed up, of course, we had to buy new tires for the tire rule. And we felt like at first we we went because we wanted to be part of the event. And I think a lot of people still do that. You go because you want to experience it. And that's why we signed up and went. 
you know, did I think that we had a chance to win it? No. I mean, we hardly won anything locally. You know, we, we, my brother at that time had won one super late model race against a field of like 16 or 17 cars. So did I feel like we had a chance to go and win that deal? No. But did I feel like that we had a chance to go and maybe somehow make the show? Yeah, I really did. Because like Kyle said, the track is an equalizer. Uh, I kind And you, you, you mentioned, Derek, that the format was different. And it was considerably different for us. It was more of a... And the, the very first one was more like the chili bowl in terms of, I think, like the alphabet soup kind of races and stuff. And, and the way you had to work through D's and C's and B's and A's to get into the, the final. And um, there's a there's a photo that someone took. That's uh, we're of, of us from maybe up above and my brother's right there racing with with tanner english in the top four of the c main so the top four drivers from the c advanced to the b and we're thinking i think there's like there was like 90 cars there at that first one there's never been 100 i don't think i think i, I look back through the notes last night i don't think there's ever actually been 100 show up but uh, i think there was about 85 90 cars so we fortunately were slow but fast enough not to have to run the d and we had worked our way up to the top four in the C. And, of course, the C main cars, the top four from the C, made it on to the B. So, you know, you just wanted to have a chance. Each race that you entered, you wanted to, you, you wanted to try to put yourself in some kind of position to try to advance as far as you could. And there's a photo. Um, spoiler alert, you know, we crashed. He, he crashed and um, with like three or four laps to go and didn't make it to the B, bent the rack, tore up some stuff, and we went on home. But at that moment, at that moment in our life, you know, we're sitting there racing with, you know, Tanner English, who turns out to be a pretty good race car driver, I guess. And we're sitting there in the top four, close to advancing to the, to the B. And it would have been a long way to go in the B to make the, to make the A main. But who knows what could happen, you know? And uh, I hate that we crashed. I hate that we missed that opportunity. But again, we didn't even go out there with great equipment. We went out there with an old race car. And sometimes people are like, well, if you're going to go to a place like that, you need to take your old stuff because it's, it's going to get tore up, you know? And some, some people are like that. And that, that wasn't our old stuff. It wasn't our new stuff. That was our stuff. That's all we had. And, uh, and, and we felt like we were close you know close to getting you know say we make the b all of a sudden we're in the top 30 i guess overall something like that uh, top 35 of like 90 cars and i felt like you know maybe that would have been a success story for us but uh, as it turns out we crashed you know and it sucks and on the way home you know and as fast as that race is as slow as the i mean as small as the track is and, and things go really really go by really fast you calculate the laps up and, you know, it kind of sucks. You're joking around on the way home. You're like, you know, you were like a minute and 12 seconds away from advancing to the B if you just held your spot and not wrecked, you know, because, uh, you know, the laps click off really fast there. You know, you're like, you're like 45 seconds away or whatever. You don't look, if you look at it in that kind of perspective. You're like, well, oh, I'll sh oh, shoot. You know, it's, we, we were really close, but, but yeah, I think it's the race that gives, Miles Moose, you know, Rusty, Rusty Slink's a great racer. Uh, Tanner English is a great racer. Uh, Gordy Gundaker has turned into a really, really good race car driver. Uh, let's not take anything away, you know, from, from Tyler Carpenter. He's won a ass load of races over in his region. He's won $10,000 $20,000 races over in his region. So let's not take anything away from him. He's a good race car driver. But this does equal the playing field, like everybody has said, and it, it gives all these guys an opportunity to show up and feel like they have a chance. And that is the allure of this race for race car teams and race car drivers. It is, it is to me, the most unique 
uh, the, the most unique event that we have in the entire season. No doubt about that. Uh, never know what's going to happen. We've uh, seen drivers use the R word in uh, altercations right after. We've seen some fights, Gordy Gundaker in 2018 or 19, uh, nasty flips, which is very surprising at a track like that. And that's small that we can see these gnarly flips that we hardly ever see uh, all year long. And Kyle just will go around the room just looking at the roster. Thursday night, this might as well have been a summer nationals race. You got Fager, Bab, Shepard, Pierce, Tanner English, Ryan Unzicker. It's like all the Illinois boys, Gordy Gundaker, all the Land of Lincoln drivers in one group on Thursday, and then more of the out-of-towners on Friday. So it's going to be very important for those guys going to duke it out on a fifth mile like Macon or Belclair inside the dome. They have the, they're, That's their specialty. That's where they cut their teeth at. I think Thursday night we're going to see a hell of a feature with that lineup. Yeah, no, totally. It, um, you know, with an event like this and it fans and, and all of us, right, who are covering this event, you know, we're chomping at the bit to look at the prelim lineups because ultimately that's, you know, your competition and who you have to, to, to face on any given of those or one of those two nights. I mean, that is largely dictates and, and, and sets the, sets the tone for, you know, really how you have to get into Saturday's event. I mean, look, I mean, 144 cars, 22 make the show. I mean, that's, I mean, you could dare say that it's tougher, that this is the toughest race to qualify for in all in, in our sport minus perhaps maybe the million this year, you know? Um, but, but yeah, no, I mean, on, on Thursday, I mean, some other guys, Todd had mentioned him in his fast talk, and I've watched him race for a good number of years now, and that's Ryan Montgomery from West Virginia. I mean, he also, you know, has a lot of experience on those bull rings, those tight quarter racetracks, just like Tyler Carpenter, right? You know, he's from West Virginia and not afraid to, not afraid to get his elbows up and, and make something happen when he needs to make something happen in the moment, especially a race like the Dome where – yeah, I mean, it's no secret that you have to take more than you give in this race. Quite honestly, I mean, there's very little give, if at all, no give in a race like this, right? Especially if you're fighting for a transfer, or, you know, second, trying to obviously go for the win. And so, uh, but no, I mean, he's one name that that I think is 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 obviously flying under the radar on Thursday night and, and um, you know, on Friday, haven't actually had a, a good chance to look at Friday's list, but got more of a North, that national um, flair. You got Devin Moran, right. Tyler Herb, Garrett Alberson. Blue you know, yeah. So that's a uh, pull something off, pull a rabbit out of the hat, you know, in this event. And, and so, but yeah, no, I think, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting field. And so I'm interested to see, you know, who on this list that we aren't maybe all that familiar with, maybe makes a name for himself and perhaps gets up in the top five, maybe, or top 10, maybe even top five. Um, and, and, and the main event come, come Saturday. But I mean, if you like look back through the history of this event, while yes, it, it does level the playing field. I mean, you still have, you know, the, the, the cream does seem to rise to the top, you know, that top five last year, Tyler Carpenter, Tanner English, Nick Hoffman, Brandon Shepard, and then Bob Gardner, you know, um, you know, that was the top five last year, but um, Fegger came sixth, Unzicker came seventh, you know, Gordy Gundaker came eighth, Ryan Montgomery ninth, and then Jonathan Davenport, who won't be here this weekend, he'll be in all tech, you know, they ran out of top 10. So, you know, you're, you're, we can we definitely have to expect obviously the heavy hitters and the guys that are consistently in the top 25 of our poll week in and week out to be up front contending right we obviously you know can't um completely say that it completely levels the playing field but it certainly levels it off more than any other race that we have on our schedule but yeah um i'm i'll be interested to one guy that i had mentioned uh, Ryan Montgomery, you know, I'll be watching out for him on Thursday night. 
and uh, we'll see who can come through the field on Friday in that uh, second prelim. Kovac, are you licking your chops too like I am on that Thursday night? You even got Rusty Schlink in there, Tanner English. I mean, these guys race all summer long. They're And maybe I think you can choose, I think, in the past, but maybe they had more guys choose, choose on Thursday. You think Cody Summer's like, man, we can kick this uh, – weak offense style with that type of field on Thursday guys trying to get in the top three, which lock you in for Saturday. So that's something to keep an eye on, but I I'm looking forward to that Thursday night as, as a good field. And if you're going to be a bet, man, the winner of that race or the guys competing on that night might have a chance to win uh, on Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, it, it's more like the Midwest, you know, night, like you said, the summer nationals night and you go to the other one and you see more guys that are, from outside of that Midwest, uh, you know, Mason Ziegler's on Friday, Mark Whitener's on Friday. Uh, I see Welshin, you know, Jason Welshin, who's become a star. Uh, he's a dome star for his performances there in the last few years, you know, and uh, Austin Horton's in that. I mean, there's some guys there on Friday that are more from out of the area. And then it looks like most of the big, you know, the, the ones that are really uh, well known to that Midwest Midwesterners are on Thursday. Uh, and especially we got Bab, 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 right? Thursday night. Um, I mean, uh, th- th- as long as Bab's doing something, the crowd's going to get into it. Uh, that's a that's a pretty cool one there with Bobby Pierce and Bab on the same night. Uh, what I'm like, what I kind of want to just comment on a little bit too is just this 140 some cars entered. I mean, it probably won't end up having that many. It'll be probably a little bit less than that. Like there's all, every year there's uh, a certain number that are entered that end up not coming. But still, this has never been. I just look back at the the car counts for the race, and actually, it's gone down every year since 2016. It's been it was 97, 94, 93, 86, 82, 82 last year. So it's gone down a little bit. I mean, that's still a heck of a lot of cars. One of the biggest fields of the year. Uh, you know, the kind of the stranger field, though. You know, because there's so many names that you don't you don't normally see. It's not like you're just taking an Eldora field and putting it out here. Uh, so it, it definitely, uh, it, it changes it up a little bit, but, uh, there's never been over a hundred cars. I mean, what, what, what's, what got into it this year? How come it went from 97 to 100? I know that there's, you know, the two different division, you know, two nights and, but it's, there's been two nights before it's been two nights in the past. It's not like that's totally new or anything. And, and, and now we get almost, there's more than 50 car. I mean, almost 50 more cars entered than the highest car count there's ever been for the dome uh i mean a lot of these guys I mean, do they race all year i'm not even sure if they're racing at all why aren't why are why do we not have bigger fields at some other little tracks or something uh if there's so many cars available for this race uh in, in december and in, in the indoors which you got there's those expenses to go through to just to get to this and you're probably going to be coming out of this with your your body work all smashed up too uh most likely so I, I think that that's just an interesting little sidelight here. I mean, the, just the the number of cars that are entered and and what you know why why did it why has it got up so much more this year than it has uh, than it just was like one year ago? I'm, I'm not sure. What, maybe maybe Robert has a thought on that too. Why uh, uh what why the big increase in car count this year? Yeah, you know, I, I don't. I thought about that. You know. One of the one of the key things about this event, of course, is the fact that you know you can go to it, even though it's going to cost you a lot of money. You know that you're going to get to compete. You're not going to get rained out. You know, you know that 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 is, you know, that is huge in the fact that you know that you're that weather is not going to play a factor uh, in in this particular event, and that no matter what kind of money you do have to spend to go to it, you know that you are going to get to compete. You also know that by looking at the field of cars that are entered and I like you, Kevin, and like you mentioned in the fast talk, I don't know 30% of these guys. And, you know, we pride ourselves on like knowing a lot of people. We pride ourselves on knowing a a diverse group of, of drivers and I'm looking through this field and there are, there are guys I don't know. So I can only assume that our announcers for this event, Ben, Ben, you know, and and DJ are really having to do their homework uh, to to get, you know, 
the their cards in order for this particular event. And I can assure you that by the end of the weekend, there's going to be somebody in this race that we're going to look up and like, wow, where'd this person come from? It's just going to happen. And, and it, and the thing is with such an eclectic, diverse field of cars, I do not think you can pinpoint it. I don't think you can put a finger, you know, we can suggest three or four guys who like, you know, they have a chance. This guy has a really good chance. You know, he's an elbows up racer, but I feel like by the end of the weekend, somebody's going to make some noise. Somebody's going to kind of stand out and you're going to say, who is that guy? Where did, where did he come from? You know, and that's one of the things that makes this such a cool event is, is for the, especially for the driver or for the team, they get to go on a national stage. And like we've already said, it's one of the most attended races of the year. It's one of the most watched, watched races of the year, as far as the streaming goes. Because what else are you going to do on a chilly, you know, December, you know, on Saturday, watch, watch some football, maybe nah, we're going to watch, we're going to watch some racing. Right. So it's, it's the eyeballs are on this event, even with, even with all tech happening this year, even with all tech paying a little more money this year, let's face it. Eyes are on this event. I mean, people are going to check out all tech. People are going to check out what's going on down there. They want to know who won. But eyeballs are on this race because this race is exciting. It is not for the faint of heart. And I really feel like when we went in 2016, we got our stuff tore up. But, you know, we came home. We did not have a wrinkled quarter panel. We did not have a dent in the door. A spoiler was still on the car. We had a bent rack where we spun out and somebody hit us in the left front wheel and messed the rack up messed the rack and pinion up on the car that's the only damage we had so i look back and i, I think were we even was my brother even aggressive enough was he aggressive as, as aggressive as you need to be in this event so it's not for the faint of heart and i think that we're going to watch some guys like just put it all out their season this is their season they've got another six weeks or two months now to fix their body to fix to get a new spoiler to fix a door they're, they're going to go elbows up and you don't have a, as far as your original question, why there's 144 entries. I don't know. Obviously we've known from the past that you have to pre-enter this event to get to the event. You can't just show up. You've got to pre-enter it. I don't know if that has anything to do with like, Hey, we got to get entered. Just, just make sure. I don't think there'll be 144 cars here, like you said. I, my prediction is like 118, 120, because like Jason Welshin, for instance, he wasn't even sure he would get to come, you know, because he had sold all of his his Savage chassis cars that he was competing in, as you would consider house cars. So he didn't even have a car to come in. Uh, so they put a car together there at at Savage chassis just for jason you know to come out and compete in he's got some stuff together but it's not his normal stuff it's not what you would normally see him in so a lot of that happens after you pre-enter an event you pre-enter just to make sure your name's on the list to make sure you can go and then you go somewhere and you break a motor or you total you know you, you need a clip on a car and something happens or you decided well i pre-entered but Unfortunately, I need to spend $1,500 on Christmas. You know, things like that happen, but you can't go if you're not pre-entered. So a lot of guys will pre-enter this event and then not show up because it's it's better to spend the 100, 200, whatever it is to get on the list as opposed to miss it all together. Uh, if we had a motor, you know, all we've got is a crate motor. I can tell you right now, if we had a, a motor, uh, we would probably try to compete in this event again as quick as possible i mean it's just we've got a better race car now we're more experienced now we understand what it takes now we're better with the tires and shocks now i mean we're better than we were in 2016 so i feel like our chances would even be better we just don't i don't i just don't feel like and there probably be some guys show up with a crate motor but man you still need horsepower even on a fifth mile you still need some horsepower if your car's digging to get up off the corner and to compete with these guys. That's why, like Kyle said, you see the cream rise of the crop because they still have good equipment. 
they still have, you know, they, they might have tuned their motors back some, but they still know how to get it to the ground and, and get up off the corner. And that's, and that's what it takes. Uh, you know, guys like Shannon Babb, you know, uh, you know, Bobby Pierce, even Carpenter, who may not have a 900 horsepower engine. I guarantee it's not a slouch. It's not one he just pulled out of the wrecker, you know, to come over there to race. So um, there's 144 pre-entries because you had to pre-enter or you can't race at all. And 75% of these guys look at this and say, this is my opportunity to compete on a big stage with a lot of big name drivers. Yeah. And that's a good point there, Robert. I was kind of going to elaborate more on that. I think you mentioned Jason Welsh and he's had his big moment at gateway dirt nationals in front of people. Tyler Carpenter's one back to back. Um, you know, miles moves, he competed there. Austin Simpson last year. You had these guys that have been up front because I think qualifying is a huge thing. And if you just draw a lucky number and get to qualify, you know, first at 130 cars, you're going to have a good starting spot and have a good chance in the future, you know, to make some noise. So I think people see like that have entered like the no namers. They're thinking, Hey, this guy made a big splash at gateway dirt nationals in 2017. Maybe this is my year where I can come in, get some national attention, maybe draw some more local sponsors, regional sponsors to help out our teams. So I think it goes a long way. If you can uh, you know, make some noise and dirt in December, Kyle, you've never been there before. What do you like about the Gateway Dirt Nationals just watching, you know, on TV, on the broadcast, other than the racing, just like sights and sounds and stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, last year before, you know, this time last year before I came on and actually, you know, have been now employed, um, you know, by Flow Sports and by DirtOnDirt.com here, I've really honestly enjoyed the coverage of this event. You know, this is one of the events that I believe that our company really covers wall to wall, really takes pride in covering each year. So I always look forward to our coverage and how we present this race to the masses and, you know, just the wide world of dirt lane model racing and really, quite honestly, motorsports on the whole. You know, I mean, there's 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 not, you know, the avid race fan after being covering sprint cars and a little bit of NASCAR and I've covered an IndyCar race or two over the years. Um, I would, I personally will go to anything that uh, races and I follow it all in some way, shape or form. But what I'm trying to say is, is that, you know, as, as our sport, you know, continues to put on big events such as the dome, you know, there's not much racing going on this weekend, right? Like across the globe. And so, um, so I'm hoping that, you know, the way that we brand this event and the stories that continue to come out of it, like Tyler Carpenter, right? I mean, he ran the NASCAR truck series race at Knoxville. You know, how many people have heard of Tyler Carpenter getting that opportunity, you know, last year or this past year at Knoxville and, and now saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is the race that, that uh, paved the way for him to get that opportunity, you know, maybe more fans will check it out. Right. So, and uh, I just uh, love the unique platform that the dome offers for all the mention or for all the reasons that Robert had just mentioned and, you know, Kevin as well. And then you too, Derek. And, so personally, I, I think that, you know, there's a hundred, the, the, the astronomical increase in, in cars at this event, honestly, I think people have looked at Tyler Carpenter and, and being like, you know, like he's made it possible, right? Like he's like the Cinderella, if you want to even go that far, like he's made it possible. Like he's paved, I think he's paved the way. And he's made it and shown that it's possible for, I'm not calling him low buck, but for the frugal, you know, driver race team that doesn't, you don't need the, 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 uh, you know, top 25 race equipment, you know, in our top 25 pole to, to go out and have a chance at competing as Robert said. So, I think that's why, you know, it's like college basketball, like UMBC, you know, they were the 16th seed in, in the 2018 NCAA tournament. They beat Virginia and I follow college basketball 
And, you know, like they laid the blueprint for the Cinderella team to knock off the one seed in the NCAA tournament. So, you know, I think Tyler Carpenter has given hope and has showed that there is a way for, you know, guys like him and that can resonate and can relate to to him and his race program that they have a chance too. So, um, yeah, I think that's just just all those the variables, you know, go into making this event special. Hey, let's let's not take anything, you know, necessarily away from Tyler Carpenter because he has good equipment. You know, I wish I I wish I had the equipment Tyler Carpenter has to race weekly. Uh, I really do. He's got good equipment. But one thing about Tyler Carpenter is he's very unapologetic, whether that's good or bad. And that's to a degree what it takes to succeed at this event. You have to have good equipment. You have to know what you're doing. And you kind of have to be elbows up all the time and very unapologetic. If you go in there just wanting to make the show or just, I, I feel like, I don't feel like Tyler Carpenter showed up there just wanting to make the show. Some people do. I think that Tyler Carpenter showed up there wanting to win the race, knowing that he had a legit shot to win the race if things went his way. And uh, so let's not take anything away from him because he's got, like we've all said, he may not have the equipment to go out and run a 60 to 70 race national tour, because that takes a lot of manpower and money beyond the equipment that it takes for this particular race. But this is a one-off event, one race where you can take every, everything you do have and throw it into one basket and throw it at the elite and come out a winner, you know? So let's not, not take anything away from Carpenter because he's got good stuff, you know, but having good stuff for one race is not the same as having good stuff for 75 races. Yeah, for sure. If you ask him though in his interviews, he's just a broke redneck. So I don't know if he does have like the best equipment, like he says in his post-race stuff. But nonetheless, he's a dominant factor there. We'll get to our winners here, uh, here really quick. Before that, though, I'm gonna go around to Kovac, me and Robert. Just sights and sounds of the event, something that makes it unique. It could be outside the dome. What do you like about St. Louis, Kovac? That you know gets the fans involved, or just something that catches your eye. Well, you also obviously you have those introductions on Saturday night. That's always really cool. I mean, it Rico. seems like, yeah, I mean, every year now the drivers are, they're even coming, they're, they're thinking about what they want to do for their intro before they even make the race, it seems like. So that, that really uh, adds a lot of uh, interest to the, you know, it gives a lot of personality to the whole deal. Uh, uh, but, but also it's, it's, you know, racing in the middle of, of downtown St. Louis is just one of the, that just makes it so unique. Uh, I I mean, St. Louis, downtown St. Louis isn't like downtown New York City or downtown, you know, Chicago. Or I mean, it, it's it's not the most. Um, that's not the busiest place. It doesn't seem like there's that many people even work there during the during the day. It's not a very busy downtown traffic wise and stuff like that. But so when the race when racing comes in there that this weekend of the dome it it always pretty cool to me like when you walk down to some of the restaurants down there, there's a good barbecue barbecue place right down the street and there's some other stuff pizza places and stuff and you walk uh, and during the afternoons before the racing starts and you just see racing dirt track racing shirts all over the all over the streets and uh, you know, there because so many people stay right across the street at the hotels uh, that are right there. So they don't even you don't have to drive anywhere. You just walk for your hotel to the restaurants, to the dome. And it's it's like the takeover of town by uh, dirt track racing. It's I always get a kick out of seeing that, uh, you know, you don't you're not going to usually see so many dirt track uh, T-shirts on a city street. That's uh, that's kind of the way I put it. And uh, it makes it makes it pretty uh, pretty cool uh, atmosphere where everyone around is, is, you know, they're going to the race. Yeah. The race fans take over the streets of St. Louis. The locals are probably, you know, move, you know, doing this little like, wait, what kind of shirts that stuff like that? Uh, they better have the bush light on stock 
at all the restaurant and bars too. I think that's the number one drink of choice for race fans. Luckily, Anheuser-Busch is just down the road, so they have to get an extra extra pallets brought in like Boom Briggs does on the road. I think they can get that done. Robert, is there anything that if a fan's coming there for the first time or you know a race team, something they can expect or something they can do? on their uh, free time. Cause obviously in the late model division and modifieds, they got a night off. You know, I definitely think I've always enjoyed going down to the, uh, the Budweiser brew house and, and, and sitting there and getting some, some pretty good food. Uh, usually that's a place that we've gone in the past as a group, you know, as, as, as a company group, uh, I've always enjoyed that. It's a cool place. Like Kevin said, there's, it's kind of, it's downtown, but it's, it's not like there's a ton of stuff down there, but I think one of the most unique sites, and you'll see, you'll see a lot of people, especially guys that do this for the first time, when you have to leave the pit area at the dome, which is kind of on the backside there, and come into the dome, you have to go outside the building. So to see those cars coming up a city street that's kind of blocked off, you got that one lane blocked off, is really is really kind of an experience and not something you see every day. And it, it kind of, kind of, you've seen those, like, uh, I guess the NASCAR, when NASCAR used to do their uh, award ceremony and stuff at the end of the year in like New York city. And you, they would kind of have their cars out on the street and maybe they do that in Las Vegas too. But uh, it's kind of makes you feel like that. I know that the year that we were there, it was freezing cold and, and we we're just trying to get our motors warm, and and I, it, it was miserable out there to be quite honest for uh, any pit guy, pit crew guy that went out with their car. Um, I could, I was, I could barely feel my hands as I was, you know, pulling the the the, the shield out of front of the radiator and trying to get the hood buckled up uh, and pinned back down so he could go back in there. It was, it was really brutal. But uh, I think the weather this weekend is supposed to be 40s to 50s. So I expect to see some videos and some photos of some cars coming down the main street there. I always think that's really, really cool to see that happening because where else are we going to see dirt cars coming down a main a city street? Uh, the fact that the hotel is right across, hotels are right in the area with walking distance. You can walk out of your hotel right into the dome is incredible uh all this adds to the experience the fans will get to go up to the top and i'll usually walk around the dome sometimes i walk around just sit in the dark when we have a break to try to get some fresh air and stuff but all the fans on the concourse will get to go up and walk around the dome and see all the t-shirt vendors and drivers will be selling their their wares and stuff and and like bobby pierce all, a lot of these guys go all out for special uh, uh, t-shirt designs. And I know Rusty Slink has, has put a special wrap on his car. Um, uh, uh, Bobby Pierce has a lot of these guys really get there. I think, uh, Ryan Unzicker has just, that's just throwing out a few names, you know, this is a special event for a lot of people for a lot of different reasons. And, and it's a lot to take in as a fan, um, you know, who attends the event. That's, that's, it's, um, as we've said, it's kind of like arena cross or motocross or, uh, you know, a monster truck show, but with, with our sport. And that's what's really cool about this deal. So, uh, it's a lot to, to enjoy and take in uh, from the fan side. And, and again, I'm looking forward to going because I'm looking forward to those little breaks when we're not having to work, when you can just sit back sit back and kind of take it in like the rest of, of the world. Uh, that's always enjoyable to me to just kind of take a deep breath and say, Whew, this is pretty cool. So it is a very neat experience. Yeah. It's a fun time. Uh, my favorite things, the racing's great. Always get those uh, on track altercations. Usually you, when you have a tight quarters racing guys, you'll have a, maybe a little fighter pushing match, uh, something along that people kicking each other's doors when they're driving by helmet tosses. You're going to see that this weekend um, outside the event PBR bar over there at ballpark village. I recommend though, you do not try riding the bowl though at the PBR bar. Bad things happen. It's just like a punching bag at a, you know, at a bar, people try to, you know, get the testosterone out, they do something stupid, they get thrown off, they get hurt. So 
don't ride it. That's not a good thing. And then, of course, you could be like our boy Scott Bloomquist and head of the casino that's, you know, a half a mile away there and make some extra money after you spend all day uh, buying Bud Light bottles during the event. So there's plenty of things to do. You can go check out the Arch, obviously, Bush Stadium's down the road. Very nice uh, ballpark and stadium as well. So a lot of things to do in that three days there. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's all about the dome. We're racing in the winter, as Don O'Neill Don O'Neill would say really quick. I just want to see who's going to win. See if we, uh, anybody can get the prediction, right? Kyle, who do you think is going to win the 2022 gateway dirt nationals? I'm going to go with your boy, Sheppy, uh, D Suave. I think, uh, he's going to keep that B five machine rolling. He's got a, a, a really cool wrap too for this weekend. If, if anybody hasn't checked it out, he's posted it on his, uh, social media. Saw it the, this past week on Instagram. And I just think uh, that thing's going to look good in victory lane on Saturday. Sheppy B five era begins. Uh, let's see if he can get a big W been close before lost narrowly in 2019 to Tyler Carpenter. Robert is uh TC going to go for the three Pete. No, I'm sorry. Going to have to pick against uh, uh, Tyler Carpenter and I hope I don't take someone's pick, but I I'm, all in on Shannon Babb getting a win this weekend, uh, getting a big victory. Um, he's, I mean, he's really due at this track. He's, he's had really, really good runs there before and and kind of, you know, turned the crowd on and stuff. And I really feel like this is going to be a really loud crowd for Shannon Babb on Saturday night. Yeah, but very interesting to see what uh what car he's in as well. I don't know if he'd bring his Longhorn out for this. I'm guessing he probably has a XR1 that he's had some success in St. Louis. He has a few prelim victories, including that 2016 thriller over Scott Blomquist and Daryl Lanigan. Kovac, 0 for 2 on Carpenter. He's like the champ here, but again, the last couple of years he's drawn that pole position. It's gonna be can he is he still got that rabbit's foot, or are you going with somebody else? Uh, let's just go with somebody else. I think, I mean, it, it's not impossible to win three in a row, uh, but I think it's someone else is due to win this. I mean, there's one guy who's had so much heartbreak at the dome and that's Tanner English. It seems like every year he's right up there ready to, you know, looking like he could win that race and something happens, blown motor, tangle, spin out something. Uh, and I, I say this year, uh, Tanner, he's, you know, he's had a great, he's really been strong the end of the second half of the year. Looked good out in Las Vegas in his debut with Viper Motorsports. And this could finally be Tanner English's year. I mean, there, there's, there's that couple of years, you know, what was it? Three years ago, I think it was now where he was literally almost in tears after uh, that's the, when he the heartbreak on, he had. That's oh. when he blew up on 2019. He was catching. Yeah. Jeff yeah. Just like, looked, he looked, you know, just crushed after that race. So uh, he's, He's he's due for one if anyone's due for one. I'm not going with Tyler Carpenter either. I'm not going to go with any of your guys' picks, I guess. I'm going to go with a guy that's won it twice, been a few years now. He's really good at making. He was really good at Bell Claire when he's open. I'm just going to go with the smooth operator, Bobby Pierce. I think he's uh hasn't won in a couple of years. He's always going to be up front. He can wheel it on the top. He can be that smooth bottom guy. Be interesting to see how the track conditions are. It's been rough here the last few years, but I think the drivers are okay with that. Makes the racing better. So I'm going to go with Bobby Pierce to win his third Gateway Dirt Nationals. Is that an okay pick there, Kyle? Yeah, no, totally. That was, uh, I was kind of shuffling through some possible or surefire, surefire winners that, you know, we could pick from come Saturday. And uh, Bobby Pierce was uh, right in the mix. Uh, with Brandon Shepard and then also, you know, Ryan Unzicker to Jason Feger, you know, there's a number of guys that, you know, as Kevin had mentioned, maybe not uh, as dramatic uh, in the losses that Tanner English has um, been dealt over the years at this race. But I mean, guys, you know, uh, Unzicker and Feger and Brandon Shepard, you know, those guys, uh, you can go down the list there too and find some other guys uh, that, that haven't won the race like Bobby Pierce that, uh, that have a good shot at winning too. But yeah, no, Bobby Pierce, he's had a, a solid year and uh, I can absolutely see him in victory lane on Saturday. 
We'll have to wait and see. Robert, just a quick one. Will there be an altercation with Tyler making his debut in the late model division? No, I think uh, I'm going to go. <laughs> What's the, is there an over-under I could take? I don't I don't. I would say, say point – I'll say point five, point five the whole weekend that there's an on-track altercation. I'm just going to say no because you're <laughs> you're stuck indoors – you, there's nowhere to go. There's nowhere, you, you know, you can go to your back to your hotel room or whatever, but you still got to come back the next day. Uh, I, I think uh, Turbo may ruffle some feathers, but pretty much makes it through the weekend unscathed. Let's say that. Uh, that's that's what I'm going to go with. Now, I do, I would like to just mention though that I think it's very telling that our picks are all Midwesterners. I think that says a lot, you know, about, about what we expect on a track like this and, a, you know, this kind of uh, track condition, uh, you know, save for Tanner English. But then again, he has a lot of experience running the summer nationals as well. And so if, if you look at our picks, uh, three of the four are multiple Dirt Car Summer Nationals champions. I think that says a lot about what we expect when we go to the Dome. And also, if our guys run top four on Thursday, which all of them are competing that first prelim night, one of us will be running a B main on Saturday. So we gotta, well, keep an eye on that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's always crazy there. It'll be live on Flow Racing Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. $30,000 will be going to the champion on Saturday night. Prelim on Thursday. Prelim on Friday. 5K to win on both of those. Modifies will be racing as well. Be sure to check it out and all these stories. But first, before we leave, one more thing. Do, 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 do. I'm going to go with Kevin leading off. Ah, uh, there this release just came out yesterday of uh, oh, a departure do from the world of outlaws. Don't do it. That was mine. That's my boy. Too, well, you can you can we can both say one more thing and no, you can I, add yeah, another thing to, to Tyler Bach. Our man Tyler Bachman. It's gonna be a little bit different going to the World of Outlaws late model races this year. Uh, with Tyler Bachman, the for more than a decade, he's been a fixture as an official with the outlaws, uh pitch steward and taking that he's been the guy taking that cone out there i mean at one point with the outlaws in the corner and rounding up guys in the pits he's also been the safety director for the last few years for the world of outlaws but tyler he's going to move on to the uh, extreme midget series in uh the the world racing group series he's still saying he's still working with the world race group but he's going to be the, the director of the of the extreme midget series which is supposed to uh, expand to about 32 races he says so He'll work speed weeks uh, at Volusia with the World of Outlaws, and then he'll be focusing on uh, on the on the midgets. But I'm sure we'll probably still see him at some out, uh, outlaw races or some, uh, you know, maybe Eldora or something. You know, you can't can't not see uh, old Tyler. I mean, because it, it'll it won't be the same without being able to bust balls with Tyler in the pits. I always love busting on him when I see him. So uh, uh, good luck for with his uh, new endeavor. I know he's wanted to be a director of a series, and and that's uh, and he's going to get that that uh, opportunity with uh, with the midget uh, division. Best of luck to Tyler Bachman. One thing is, though, callback. He's been in this thing for pretty much since I started, maybe a year before that. I think he started in 2011 or 12. I can't remember exactly, but it's been around the same time. He hasn't aged one bit. He might have looked older 10 years ago, but I think in 10, 15 years down the road, he's going to look the youngest out of everybody. Yeah, I, I, I guess you could say that. Uh, yeah, he, he hasn't, uh, hasn't, hasn't, uh, you know, his, his face still looks the same young little baby face that he's always had. And, uh, but he's a, uh, he's a veteran now. He did. He came in in October of 2011 with the outlaws. That was his first, uh, first experience he came in after he grew up right around Lernerville Speedway too. So he'd always been around racing. And so we'll, we'll, we'll see what he does with those little midget cars. And who could forget in the 2013, he went to his first ever parking garage too in Grand Rapids. Oh, yeah. We, we opened his garage. eyes to the world. I think Derek, yes. right. He I didn't mean, know what yeah, a piano big, bar or parking garage was that night. The big That's city luck, of Grand Rapids. And he was doing the conga line in the bar. Boy, he was, he, was he had a big a night that night. Great time. Uh, wish nothing but the best. We'll see him down the road, like you said, at Volusia. I'll go next. My one more thing is next week, 
Monday, December 5th kicks off the best ofs of 2022 written pieces, slideshows, full videos, sound bites, uh, moments throughout the entire year. They'll be on uh, release throughout the entire month of December, but December 5th will be the debut of the best ofs of 2022 and it'll be the best driver. So be sure to check it out. Um, always great stuff. Glad you guys put in a lot of effort throughout the year, looking up information and stats. And the video side does a very good job as well. So that debuts December 5th on Monday, though, you know, here in five days. All right, Kyle, what do you got? Yeah, nine-time Super Dirt Car Series champion Matt Shepard making a late model appearance this weekend at Alltech. I will be there. And uh, I know that, as Robert had mentioned on this show, that all eyes and maybe all eyes in dirt late model racing will be on uh, Gateway, but hopefully – Somebody out there reads my stories down in Altex. So don't forget about me down there. And uh, also, too, side note, speaking of midget cars, I, I'm uh, kind of sad that the midgets aren't on the schedule this year at the Dome. I understand, you know, why they removed that class at the Dome this year because, you know, the car count hasn't been great. Although the money's been great, the car count for the midgets hasn't been great. But just a side note. Also kind of sad that the midgets aren't on the schedule, but hey, we got late models. So, um, yeah. Robert, big shot Bob, hitting the homer for us. What do you got? Well, I just – I noticed that I didn't see the World of Outlaws or the XR Super Series on on their schedule. I didn't see, like, Bristol at, uh, you know, Dirt Race. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's not on either schedule. Um, I hope I'm not wrong, thank God. I don't want to go, I don't really care about going back there. Uh, I just checked though that, you know, April 9th, the, the NASCAR um, cup series is going back to, to Bristol uh, and it will, and it's supposed to be on dirt. So I thought that was odd that, uh, that they're, they're going to have a dirt race there, but no late model racing. Uh, at any rate, the XR, I guess, kind of tying into that. My one more thing is, the XR Super Series will be in my neck of the woods the last weekend, I think, of March for a $100,000 to win race at Volunteer Speedway in Bulls Gap. Uh, it's a weekend in which the NASCAR Cup Series actually will be down in Texas. So there's no really other racing going around East Tennessee at that weekend. The Lucas Oil Series will be off that weekend, and the World of Outlaws, at least right now, those two national tours are scheduled to be off. You never know in the spring how things, weather plays a factor, and uh, one of those national tours could have a race get rescheduled for that weekend. So, so you never know what could happen, but at this moment, there are no national tours scheduled to race that weekend other than XR. So... I think that we could see a huge weekend at Bulls Gap at Volunteer Speedway. Um, and I just feel like it's um, – I really feel like it, it will be maybe not bigger in the fans' eyes, but I think it will be better than, than having these races at Bristol. Uh, so uh, I'm looking forward – to seeing, you know, to seeing what Bulls Gap, to see, I guess, to see how many cars they get. I'm really looking forward to March 24th, 25th, I think it is, um, XR at Bulls Gap, uh, 100,000 to win. Uh, I don't know if it's ever happened in the state of Tennessee before. It could actually be the highest paying dirt late model race ever in the state of Tennessee. I'd have to look that up, but I, I think it is. So that is my one more thing, uh, having a wide open weekend at Bulls Gap in March could be exciting for for area race fans in my neck of the woods. Well, hopefully you get the chance to cover it, Robert. Maybe they'll send you that way. Hopefully Todd's smart enough to send you down the road. I suspect, you know, it's about a four and a half hour drive. Uh, that still makes know, me I, laugh. You're still four and a half hours away from there. Tennessee is a very long state, you know, from Memphis to Bristol is a, you know, long ways and I'm stuck in the middle. 
Uh, so yeah, it's about four and a half hours for me. And, uh, but yeah, I look forward to it. Hopefully I'll get to go up there and, and, uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll let me in, you know, a lot of high paying races in 2023, but first we got this weekend, the gateway dirt nationals live at flow racing Thursday, Friday, Saturday, $30,000 for the late model division on Saturday night, expect some sweet driver intros and some craziness along the way in those three days of action pack racing uh all tech as well kyle have fun down there in florida uh make sure to check out the best ofs coming up all these guys articles and stories from this weekend including previews it's gonna be very fun uh as we head into the month of december christmas month hopefully kovac's got my gift until next time we'll see you on the dirt reporters thank you for listening we'll see you next week